0: Welcome to episode 10 of the Self-Care 101 Podcast with your host, Pooja K. McClymont, talking all things well-being, how to get unstuck, build more confidence, and feel more fulfilled. Thank you so much for listening today. On this episode, we're going to get to the truth about well-being trends for effective self-care. Now, what is the truth about effective self-care? What is the truth about well-being? In episode 1, I talk a little bit about all the different things that are happening in the well-being industry that infuriate me, annoy me, get my goat. And I wanted to talk a little bit further about this because it's not so much of a rant, it's just telling the truth. It's giving people information, it's educating, and it's helping you make the right decisions for your well-being. The biggest thing I want to say on this is that well-being is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Your well-being is exclusive to you. I wrote a blog post last year, I think it was now, and it was about the frank truth of wellbeing trends. And when I wrote it, I was concerned that it would be a little bit controversial and it might be a bit too opinionated and put me in a box that people might feel uncomfortable with. But over time, I've thought about it and I don't give my clients my agenda. So I still guide them according to their life their version of events and what's suitable for them. But when I'm talking about breaking through the noise of the well-being industry, it's just to give you the right information so you can make the right choices that are relevant to you. Because if they're not relevant to you you're not going to be able to sustain them and if you can't sustain them you're just going to be in this vicious cycle of oh I want to do this and I want to do that and I want a healthy lifestyle and I want to live well and I want to manage stress but you're never really doing the right things that make sense to you and your life they've got to be realistic so I hope you enjoy this it might sound a little bit ranty <laughs> but I will try and calm that down as we go along so let's get to it. If you're really serious about your health and well-being, now this extends beyond losing weight and being less tired, then you need to look at your life as a whole, not just food and fitness. Now, food, yes, is at the core of the prevention for so many illnesses and fitness contributes to the prevention of a host of ailments But the foods that are right for you, the exercises that are right for you, are going to be different person to person. See, it's not just the simple equation of eating healthy plus exercise equals good well-being. It's knowing which of these work for you and also a whole bunch of other things that we need to regularly keep in check that contribute to our overall well-being, which makes it more realistic to then achieve your goals. And that's the crucial bit right there realistic to achieve your goals. One size does not fit all. Otherwise we'd all be perfectly balanced by now, right? We all have a different starting point and we've got to understand that in order to make an effective plan for our self-care, for our well-being and ultimately what that means to us. You know, what does well-being mean to you? Because I talk about it in episode one about well-being equating to happiness and that well-being is everything that we do it's our environment it's our connection to community it's how we process our emotions it's how we manage stress what we eat how physical we are how we detox from things in life and most importantly our purpose our integrity our values do we lead from these values because if you don't know the answer to those questions you're just i don't know Throwing needles in the ocean and hoping to be able to find them. You're not going to find them, are you? So get more strategic about what it is you're trying to achieve with your well-being. Get more planning make lists but make lists that aren't overwhelming that are realistic to your lifestyle all the different attributes that contribute to make your lifestyle and that could be anything from sleeping late and having children and having to get up early and your work commitments you know you've got to look at absolutely everything in order to create the time and the space necessary to create all those wonderful well-being things that you want to put into your life so, talking about how one size doesn't fit all and the trends in well being, I want to talk about things like turmeric lattes, avocados, blueberries, leafy greens, quinoa, and you know, the rest, right? Now, these are all popular foods at the moment. They're promoted for their varying different health benefits, but do they actually work? Do they actually work? Well, they kind of work, okay? So a turmeric latte, for example. Now, this is a medicinal treatment for when you're not feeling too well in Ayurveda. Now, that's how we've always used it. For the benefits of turmeric to really have an effect, you need to eat it every day in your diet. Now, that doesn't mean just drink it. That means eat it in your food. And this is something that Indians have done forever, and it's a part of our heritage and science. Turmeric used in lattes at your local artisan coffee shop may not even be pure turmeric. The amount you consume within a latte may just add the color yellow to your drink. Now what I'm saying here is that the latte element is a fad and turmeric latte or turmeric milk this is the way we would drink it as indians we've all grown up with it it's like an antiseptic and it's given to us when we're feeling sick so when this fad came about and became very trendy and i think now it's called golden milk you know us indians were sitting on the sidelines going you're drinking benelin like every day it's just it was funny to us right But, you know, with these sorts of things, turmeric latte, and I saw a post from Dr. Deepa Apte, who is my new bestie. I absolutely adore her. She's an MD and also an Ayurvedic practitioner and the leading teacher in the UK for Ayurveda. Now, she put a post up a couple of weeks ago saying, keep it simple. And it was talking about a little bit about the appropriation of Ayurveda. And I thought, yes, lady, preach, sis, I am with you here because when you make this golden milk or a turmeric milk or haldi milk, as we call it, you just boil the milk in a saucepan on the stove and you boil it until there's that skin of milk and our parents forced us to drink it complete with the skin. It was disgusting, but you had to do it because you weren't feeling well, right? But when you actually frost the milk and turn it into a different chemical property, It doesn't actually have the effect that it should have on you. And this is something very, very interesting to consider. If you're drinking these golden milks, turmeric lattes, because of the health benefits or the perceived health benefits, you're getting the wrong drink, essentially, because the latte element is a fad. That's appropriating ancient science. You've got to know the context in which you consume such things. Now, health coaches, nutritionists, anyone who makes a living from nutrition will all recommend fresh, organic, and most importantly, in season. That's how we get the best nutrients from food. And also, also, please, 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 start reading up on the beast that is the food industry. Understand that it's not as simple as there is food in the supermarket and I buy it. Everything in the world that we live in has an agenda. And that agenda is not necessarily beneficial or going to be healthy for us. Just read up a little bit. The next thing I want to talk about is yoga, breathwork, meditation, mindfulness. Now, without sounding like everything is purist and Ayurvedic, it is, but (laughs) without coming across all elitist about it, all I'm wanting to do here is just provide a bit of education to those who may not know how everything works together or what everything actually is. Now, if these work for you, then great. I'm super happy for you because you've embraced them. You are seeing the actual benefits in your life and they resonate with you, but they don't necessarily resonate with everybody. So I would then potentially ask you, are you really experiencing the true benefits or could it just be placebo effects because they're supported by the information you consume online or in books or in magazines and obviously those cookies on your devices and mics on your technology. What I wanna say here is don't do anything that doesn't make you feel comfortable. So people who think, oh, I must do yoga because it makes you feel connected with yourself and you just feel better after doing yoga and meditation, well, it might not actually resonate with you. And that's okay. There are other things you can do. Yoga is not for everyone. It can be for everyone. But if you're not in that headspace where you understand mind, body, spirit connection, the understanding of reaching your higher self and really going deep within, it's not going to make sense to you, but you can work up to it. It's okay to just work up to it. There's no hard and fast rule of how to embrace yoga. If it's something that you're interested in, and this is also very important, your teachers tend to also decide whether or not yoga is for you. So if you've gone to some teachers who are quite frankly rubbish at what they do, you're not going to connect to yoga. It's not going to make sense. But if you do find a really great teacher, you're going to connect to it a lot more and it will really give you the benefits that you're looking for. But I would say learn contextually how these therapies work and understand their origins to truly gain the benefits from them. Because when you respect your teachings, you will gain a lot more from the practices. When people go to yoga and label themselves as, oh, I go to yoga every week, and yes, I practice yoga. Well, practicing yoga yoga is a philosophy you're not practicing yoga you're practicing yoga asanas and yoga asanas are the positions that you do in yoga that's very very different to practicing yoga and yoga's philosophy you've got to know that because if you know that then you understand that you're just doing one part of the philosophy and it's okay to just do that one part of the philosophy I'm not at all saying that you shouldn't do it at all I'm Number one fan of yoga and its benefits. But when you understand where things come from, you yourself then can embrace the teaching with so much more of yourself. And you know what? You will get the most out of it if you do that. I kind of touched upon it just now. But my probably my biggest bugbear is that people need to stop the elitist behavior towards anything ancient. That in itself is the absolute misunderstanding and ignorance of the wisdom and you're being offensive by alienating people. Don't say that you are a yoga teacher or you practice yoga or you go to yoga and you are everything within the yoga umbrella. Don't say it because that's not what yoga is about. Yoga is not about shouting to the rooftops about what you do. It's about just doing it. It's your practice. It's your thing. It helps you. That's it. That's all it is. It doesn't need to be shouted from the rooftops to make other people feel inferior. That's wrong. That's completely against philosophy. So please, if you feel like you do that, or you are around people who are like that, you're getting fed the wrong energy. And it's actually the wrong energy for yoga. Now, a side note, This is going to sound a little bit ranty, but you know what? This is my platform and I'm going to say it. Mate, you are not a yogi. Take that off your Twitter bio. Stop telling people that you're a yogi because you are not, okay? A yogi is a deeply spiritual person who lives the philosophy of yoga. You are not a yogi. That's super offensive. I'll tell you what that's like. That's like saying, I'm a priest of the church. Well, you're not a priest of the church, are you? You go to church, but that doesn't make you a priest. So therefore, you are not a yogi. You are a practitioner of yoga positions. You are a student of yoga positions. And there's also a difference between being a student of yoga and being a person who goes to a class and stretches their body and enjoys a five-minute snooze in savasana, Thinks that they found enlightenment every Tuesday at 6.30. Keep it real, folks. Now, this isn't about judgment. This is just about sharing facts. And most importantly, personally as an Indian, but most importantly, respect. Respect the teachings that you are enjoying. If you do that, you are going to get so much more out of it. And you will feel that genuine enlightenment. And that is key. I recently read a quote by Deepak Chopra, and he said, "Walk with those seeking truth, and run away from those who think they've already found it." And I couldn't be more. Oh, that resonated with me because that's what I'm saying as well here. When you label yourself as something, and really you don't know enough to be able to label it, to be able to label yourself as something, you're closing the door to learning for the rest of your life. And do you know what? As clever as you are, as a genius as you might be, you are not going to know everything by the time you die. You're not. When you look at the world as a constant space of learning, of teaching, you are then more open to everything the world can bring. And if you're more open to everything the world can bring you, you are gonna find that sense of well-being a lot quicker, You're gonna recognize it, you're gonna enjoy it and you are going to be such a wonderful human being within yourself, for yourself because essentially that's what you're doing it for. You're not doing it to say, oh, I've got 500 hours of yoga teaching under my belt. Well, congratulations, that's a lot of time but congratulations, that's really good. You can now teach the yoga positions to the world and I'm, I'm with you there, I embrace you there. I think that's great, it's really great to learn absolutely but you can't then label yourself as the ultimate yogi or a guru that's another thing that annoys me a guru is not what you think it is you can't say that it's not right to say that who what gives you the right to say that when you learn and you consistently learn you are filling yourself to be such a complete person and you are just filling yourself with everything that's going to lead to your great well-being and I am with you 100% on that but this labeling oh I've done meditation and I found enlightenment oh I've done an eight-week course on mindfulness and now I know how to be in the present it's a little bit of marketing and a little bit showy and yoga mindfulness meditation breath work all of that is not showy that's your health you don't joke about cancer do you So why would you then joke about healing therapies that can actually help you prevent diseases? I think I've made my point, but it leads quite nicely into the next thing I wanted to touch on. Stop judging everyone else. I find it incredible that so many, in inverted commas, well-being shamers exist. And not only in the general population, but actually even in the media, the media is trying to communicate the benefits of managing your well-being. But some articles I've been reading of late, they are just so completely misplaced. Now, there's a tone of judgment and elitism throughout them, like I don't know, there's like a wellbeing club open only to those who wear like Lululemon matching outfits, they work out at lunchtimes, so they run for fun and they're vegan. But dude, just calm down, like really just chill. All these philosophies, and I'm gonna talk about the yoga breath work, mindfulness meditation, they all come from the same Eastern philosophies and they've been working for over 5,000 years just fine as they were in their original state because what all this well-being shaming does, like I say, it infuriates me, it contributes to a new challenge and that challenge is overwhelm. So you've got people out there trying their best to help themselves. They're consuming information by the bucket load. They're doing all they can to win at the game of life and yet they still have no idea what they're doing, whether it's working and whether they're even allowed in the club at the end of all this great work they're still feeling rubbish about themselves and why because you know what it's so much more than just doing these things now we are a doing society we actually need to learn how to be because when you can learn to be more you can understand yourself better and not only the version that we're supposed to be to achieve well-being but the actual us you might go to yoga three times a week, but do you actually enjoy it? Do you enjoy spending £15 a class? Could you do more of a shorter yoga practice every single morning of your day and still feel the benefits that you get from those three classes? Because I'm going to bet you, and I'm happy to put money on this, that the effects of your yoga class last a certain period of time, and then it's kind of over. And if you're only going once a week, It's over pretty quickly. Come Friday, I'm sure you're pretty exhausted. But if you can bring some flow into your life naturally on a daily basis, it doesn't have to be a full 90 minute class. And it doesn't have to be a perfect flow. It really doesn't. Just do the positions that you enjoy. If you understand the positions, get yourself a little yoga book or you know what, we have the internet, Google it, (laughs) find out. Which positions are going to help you most right now in your life? What is it you need to work on? Do you need to work on losing weight? Do you need to work on centering yourself? Do you need to work on connecting with yourself spiritually? Do you need to literally just stretch out your hips because sitting at a desk all day is really making your body stiff? All of that's okay. Just find the positions that you need for your life right now to help you feel better and just do them. Just do them, just relax about the process. Don't feel that you have to go to the class because you know what, if you're running late from work, And if you go to the class and your normal teacher's not there or it's raining or you've still got to go to the supermarket and get dinner, all those things will affect the way you actually process yourself in that yoga class. And even though you can be mindful within that class and focused, all those things are still going to be there when you finish. So if it's at all possible and you can spend some time thinking about this, try to make your own little yoga practice every single morning before you embrace the world because that will really help you center. If yoga is your thing, that will really help you center. And if yoga isn't your thing, stop trying to make it your thing because it's gonna constantly disappoint you. Find other ways to release that stress. Start small, just walk. Walk outside, walk in nature. Connect yourself to the environment in which you live in. Appreciate all that is around you. That's what you're doing in yoga, essentially. But it's just a focused practice. You can still do that through walking. And you know what? It's okay. If walking is your thing, make it your thing. If it makes you happy, if it leads to your well-being, hun, do it. Now, this overwhelm that I'm seeing from the well-being industry, from what the media is feeding us, I've seen it myself with clients. They're doing lots and lots to help themselves, but they're still stuck. They're thinking, positive in inverted commas, but they're still stuck. And you know what the frank truth is about these wellbeing trends? The key to knowing what will and won't work is to understand you specifically. Research what's out there that might be able to help and see what you enjoy most. Whatever you enjoy, whatever is easy, that's what's going to stick. And that's what you need when you're making change. You need it to be easy. You've been living a life a certain way for so many years. Why would you think that you can commit to everything you want to change in an instant? It's just not realistic. And we need to take the pressure off ourselves to trying to attain these perfect versions of ourselves. We can only do so much. And that's not limiting us. That's just being realistic. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to achieve all that you want to achieve within your lifestyle or your well-being. It just means that if you reduce the pressure... If you break it down into smaller chunks, smaller steps, you're actually more likely to keep those things in your life forever and they become natural and you want it to become natural. Now, if that's all so (laughs) scary and a bit overwhelming in itself, I have these lovely retreats that you can come to. And in those retreats, I show you how easy it can be. I show you how to make sense of it all. And it's specific to you and your life. And believe me, I will help dispel the myths around some of the things well-being advocates say you should be doing. And you know what? I back everything up with science, education, and wisdom, because I don't want you to think, oh, this is just Pooja's opinion, because it's not. Pooja's opinion comes from constantly learning, constantly educating myself, learning from other people, people who are professionals in their field and when I say professionals I mean this is what they live and they breathe like Dr. Deepa Apte I am just in awe of her you can just sit and listen to this lady talk and oh the wisdom that comes from her is just so inspiring it makes me want to learn more and do more get yourself into that space as well that's what really builds you up and contributes to your well-being not thinking that this is it this is life And you know what, when you do that, you're in that mindful living state. And when you are consciously aware of your actions, this is where success comes from. And honestly, from my heart to your heart, this is how to win at life. And I want you to win. We all want to win. But just take on some of those notes just to help with how you want to address your well-being. Take it slow make a sustainable plan that you can actually stick to with all the things that are going on in your life and you will succeed i promise you you'll succeed thank you so much again for listening today if you enjoyed this episode then please subscribe to the self-care 101 podcast for more tips and tricks head over to my website franklycoaching.com or for daily inspiration you can follow me on the socials at franklycoaching. talk to you soon